Good morning. This is Ilana from Verveleaf. You might hear screaming children in the background, but that has nothing to do with me for once. <laughs> There's a uh, a preschool next door, and school just started, and some kids are not quite acclimated yet. Um, today I want to talk about a few different things. I want to start off with Bulletproof Matcha, the concept, or Bulletproof Coffee, um, and there's this huge debate right now going on about coconut oil and whether or not it's the best thing ever or it's poisonous. <laughs> it sounds slightly like there's a slight dichotomy going on there, perhaps. So, first of all, I want to just tell you a little bit about how I first started getting into coconut oil. I would say about six years ago, um, my husband brought it... Uh, bought it and, and brought it and, and said, hey, let's check this out. This is unrefined. You have to be sure that you're getting unrefined uh, coconut oil because the refined stuff is, there's a huge difference, and the refined stuff is not recommended or healthy in the uh, holistic nutrition world. But unrefined coconut oil is really a magical um, a magical thing. And it's, it's like one of the top 10 superfoods. I know in David Wolf's book, it's, it's listed as uh, coconuts are listed as the top in his book for the, um, I don't even think it got honorable mention. I think it was one of the top 10 or top seven superfoods. I'll have to reference that and double check. Uh, and it's like, you know, we joke about this sometimes if you were stranded on a desert island, <laughs> not even, uh, literally you could get coconuts, but really like what food could you just live on? Um, if you had a choice of just a few foods. Now, things like spirulina, for example, are, are biologically or scientifically known that, they can, that you can just actually live on spirulina because it's such a nutrient-dense, amazing product. Taste is another thing. You kind of have to mask the taste half the time because it's so intense. But um, what I was going to say was with, with spirulina, that's, that's just something like from a biological perspective, yeah, I pick spirulina because you will live the longest on that. You can live for years off spirulina. It's complete food, complete protein, uh, complete amino acids. But if you had a choice, let's say like, what's your favorite food? What could you just live on theoretically? Um, so I have a couple of answers, uh, for that personally, but, but coconuts definitely make the list because it really is one of those cure all, um, magical foods, amazing foods. The oil can be used in so many different ways. The flesh is delicious. The uh, the coconut water is very hydrating. It can even be used in a blood transfusion. In, in fact, in World War II, when they didn't have access to proper health facilities and, and, and real blood transfusions, uh, they were able to use coconut oil, <clears throat> sorry, coconuts, the water, as a transfusion product uh, until they were able to, you know, stabilize and get, get into a, a medical uh, facility to use real, real blood. Coconut water is um, actually effective. And it's, it's a great product uh, for, for hydration. That's coconut water. Um, now, coconut oil, so sorry, I, I kind of digressed. I wanted to tell you about the first time I tried it, and I'll be honest, I kind of started to overdose because it was so good, and it's such a, like, buttery, creamy consistency, which is amazing for vegetarians and vegans and people who want to get off um, dairy or animal products. Now, personally, I, I can't, I do consume butter occasionally. I don't think grass butter is actually so bad, but, uh, or bad, you know, in moderation, 
uh, even though it gets a bad rep in the modern world, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the, let's say conservative eating, but I don't think butter is so bad, but, but besides the point, if you're, if you're aiming for a more vegan or vegetarian diet, so, um, you want to steer away from animal products. So coconut oil is the just most amazing substitute in a way, because you can spread it on your bread and get that, you know, melted creamy texture you can um, you can use it in cooking and baking. One of the most amazing things about coconut oil is the the boiling point, the burning point. Excuse me, is so much uh, much lower than in other um, oils. They become carcinogenic when it becomes fried. So I we basically only use coconut oil anytime we're doing any frying. Which frying should be minimalized anyway. But if you are doing it, use coconut oil unrefined because it will. Um, it will uh it won't become carcinogenic quickly like other oils they immediately become and not immediately within a few you know within seconds really let's say 15 seconds 30 seconds the oil gets so hot on the pan that it starts to go rancid and we don't want that um we also use olive oil for salad dressings and things like that or and for dips just mix olive oil with um with hyssop herb it's amazing with sesame seeds on top very very big family favorite over here the kids love it they want that on their sandwich spreads for school um it's also known as za'atar it's a mix of a few different herbs but hyssop is the main one anyway so i digress and started talking about olive oil basically it's the only oils we really have around occasionally we'll use, we'll use sesame seed oil as well but our main staple oil uh in this house is coconut oil and uh when it comes to cooking and baking and so when I first tried coconut oil, I kind of overdosed on it. I just remember I told my husband, I, I, I haven't been having too much of this because it was just so good and such an amazing taste. And that's after I was uh, off dairy. At all. Uh, I think I was having fish, but no animal products. I was off dairy for a while then at that time period. So it was so nice to have sort of that buttery, you know, popcorn-y. Wow, just take a rice cracker and put a little bit of oil uh, coconut oil and you've got, you know, like movie popcorn, crush your rice cracker up. You've got like movie style popcorn. <laughs> Olive oil works well for that as well. Uh, so, so coconut oil can be used in, in so many different ways. Also for topically for skincare. Um, if you have dry skin, dry scalp, I put it on my, my youngest, my baby's, uh, when she has a dry scalp, just a dab of coconut oil it completely gives the, the moisture, the skin, the moisture, the scalp, the moisture it needs. And, um, and it's excellent for that, uh, or any kind of rash, really, because it's antifungal and antiviral and antibacterial. So it's great topically for skincare. And another way that we used it, we use it very regularly, is for oral care as kind of a mouthwash. So first thing in the morning, you you have about a tablespoon of coconut oil, and you swish and you swish, and you don't talk for, you know, for several minutes. I think five minutes ideally. It doesn't always work out that way, but you just kind of swish swish it around in your mouth, and then you make sure you spit it out because it removes the toxins. Sort of, it's called coconut oil pulling, um, and it removes the toxins from your mouth. So you uh, you need to spit that out. You don't want those toxins, um, and it's just amazing amazing thing for removing plaque um any sort of oral bacterial bacteria with and you have this um you know you can just you can use that rather than those really harsh um highly chemicalized mouthwash mouthwashes out there so coconut oil is amazing for that as well 
So it's getting so much backlash and uh, it's it's very frustrating because they, these people, these doctors and even professors that are uh, not even really distinguishing between all the different types of coconut oil, kind of putting them all under one boat, is just saying, oh, saturated fat, it's bad. So I think it's kind of a, not only a medical misnomer because it's been proven in experiments of, of farmers that tried to feed their cows, you know, high fat diets, coconut, they actually used coconut to feed, you know, coconut oil to infuse their diet with fat, hoping that they would become fatter, but they actually became leaner. So it has an adverse effect, a reverse effect. And and then um, besides that, there's so many different ways of using coconut oil and whether you're baking with it or, or using it topically or, or for oil pulling, it's uh, it's such a diverse and versatile product, and it's it's really a staple that should be in every health conscious home, in my opinion, and the opinion of many others, uh, so, you know, competent people. Uh, but the point is also, I think though, besides the sort of hyper rationalism of oh, a Harvard doctor said coconut oil is bad for you, you should also see how it affects you and your family, and and it's so hypocritical in a way because the, they'll condemn coconut oil, they'll be the first to condemn coconut oil, but they won't um, talk about you know terrible, highly processed foods, you know, fast foods, McDonald's, Coca Cola, things like this that um, are are sort of undeniably bad for you, especially when not used in moderation. Um, and, and I remember when I was pregnant, you know, there all these articles came out about no sprouts and no orange, freshly squeezed orange juice because of the possibility of bacteria contamination and E. coli and things like that. And I thought, really, I can't have homegrown sprouts. We, we grow a lot of sprouts ourselves at home and we have a, a juice maker, a juicer and an orange juice squeezer. And I thought, that's so weird that those foods are so filled with vitamins and minerals and, and nutrients. And, um, and, and there's all sorts of, you know, warnings, no sprouts, no orange juice, no freshly squeezed juices not just orange juice. Grapefruit juice is a probably better substitute than orange juice, generally speaking. But besides that, I remember reading and thinking, that is so weird because I haven't seen a single article condemning, you know, fast food or um, soft drinks or, you know, uh, aspartame in the, in the sweeteners in the um, low-cal sweetener or zero sweetener industry of beverages. And I just thought that is just just crazy hypocrisy in my mind. And, and you also have to think about what's best for you and use your intuition. Don't be overly scientific and hyper-rational because uh, it won't, you know, it doesn't work for everyone and it processes in different people's bodies. Like as I was telling before, when I actually kind of overdosed on coconut oil, I was having it too much. I said, no, I need a break. My husband and I, he can consume it nonstop and, and never have an issue. And I was just like, I need to break coconut oil because I just overdid it. I think it was like coconut oil with honey, a little bit of honey um, on top of a tahini sesame seed butter on a sandwich or something. Maybe it was on a rice cracker. So that was just like, you know, godly to me. And I, I sort of overdid it. <laughs> So it's just such that buttery, it kind of, it has that like very much candy flavor when you mix it with honey and, and the sesame seed butter just tasted like that candy. So, so for me, I had to cut back a little and I still use it all the time and incorporate it. And I, I actually tend to prefer the coconut oils that aren't so coconutty in flavor that, that the flavor gets absorbed. Like when we make eggs, if we fry eggs in coconut oil, they don't taste like coconut to me. There's no residual kind of coconutty flavor. It really gets absorbed. But other coconut oils, which are more uh, potent and, and they do have that flavor more. Same with coconut water. There's certain brands that I prefer, 
But the point is, you know, in, in, instead of taking this sort of like sweeping condem- condemnation, coconut oil is dangerous, poisonous, bad, sham, shame on you, the health world, you know, quackery, all that stuff, all those sort of accusations. You can incorporate it and try it in your own life and see how it goes. Uh, you know, this this is, holds true for, for any sort of change that you want to make in your life. I know when I had uh, home births, I had several home births, and I, I just got so much um, attack, really. I was attacked by so many people. I thought, it's really none of your business, and why do you care that, you know, I wasn't concerned about safety and the safety of my babe, my unborn child and, and of myself, and it's so irresponsible, and you have to go to the hospital. You know, I, I, I did a lot of research. I'm not incompetent, and I had, and on top of all the research that I did, I mean, even with my second homework, because I had had... I was much more confident the second time around, right? But I don't even know if that's true, actually. I just had this, like, inner peace that it was the right, even with my first home birth, that it was the right decision. Um, and it just felt right. So it was easy for me to sort of um, shun off, you know, well-intended family members or friends or whoever it was, or strangers. I basically, to a point, wasn't even telling people. I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't know yet. Because I didn't want to lie and say, yeah, mommy, which hospital are you delivering at? Uh, I don't know. I haven't decided yet, which was sort of kind of not directly lying, but just shifting the conversation to somewhere else because I didn't want to get the backlash. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, But I just knew that it was going to be okay. And you should trust your instincts and trust your gut and kind of like, dig deeper inside and, and look for that, that innate, um, consciousness, that innate, that instinct really, uh, it has to come from a good place. And sometimes we think, oh yeah, for sure. This is right. This is right. But it's like sort of a hijacked consciousness. It's not what really is right for us. We do have inner wealth, inner knowledge of what's best. So it's important to, to kind of think about that and not get freaked out by science for good or for bad or for good or for worse. You know, some science can help us. And there's a lot of science that backs up so many uh, proponents, proponents of the, the health world, health and wellness world. But we're just like in an overly saturated era of, you know, the social media. And oh, this, oh, oh that I can't, uh, one Harvard professor said, or a doctor said this, and therefore we have to become his disciple and listen to everything he says. Now, it's very good to read those articles, know what you're up against, and to just get, you know, the second the other side of things, because we don't want to be just so much and so intimidated. Sometimes even I get intimidated. Um, oh, now, you know, uh, there are people that say, you know, um, I think, I don't know if it was coconut sugar. That's oh, that's another product byproduct, wonderful, amazing byproduct of coconut, a uh, product of coconut that we that I didn't even talk about yet. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, or maybe it was uh, date syrup. That, that, that's bad. There, always, there will always be someone, even within your own community, of like-minded people who will say, no, 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 that product is not good, and this is good, and this is bad, and this is better, et cetera, et cetera. So, but, you know, I, I actually had to cut back on coconut sugar, not so much for myself, but for my kids, because they were just going so crazy for it, and even though it has trace minerals, and it's significantly better option than any, any other sugar, really, than white sugar, processed sugar, brown sugar, demerara, all that stuff is actually not, not so good um, in excess or, you know, at all, if you're at that stage yet. And, and, uh, I said, okay, we're going back to, I think, date syrup for sweetening their, their oatmeal and porridge in the morning because they just were like another scoop, another scoop, another scoop. Cause it's not as sweet really as the commercial, some of the more highly processed, you know, stripped of all mineral stuff. It's not quite as sweet, but it's, but it really has that sugary, uh, consistency rather than a syrup, which is great for when you need that, when you want that for baking, you know, sometimes for hot drinks, it dissolves nicely. 
So, um, which reminds me, I need to talk about bulletproof matcha because we haven't even gone there yet, but just two other points. So, so I just want you guys to keep that in mind. So even a good product, too much of it can, can, you know, backfire too much of a healthy product. Even you need to everything in moderation, um, or even scarcely. And I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, opening up a, you know, half a liter of coconut oil, dowsing your, I don't know what your salad or, uh, whatever it is, your dessert, uh, with it. But uh, it should also be used in moderation. And it's so, that's the beautiful thing about healthy food in general is that it's, it's so rich in its natural state that you don't, you, you, um, you don't need to overeat it. And it's actually hard to overeat it. It's the same is true with raw food. I was just reading an article about this last night that um, with raw food, you, um, it's, it's very hard to overeat it because you're more in tune with your body's sensors of like, hey, slow down, stop, I've, I've had enough. Um, it's hard to overeat a salad. Now, I have a tendency to overeat in general, unfortunately, so I, I still go there sometimes. I'm like, no, no, more run. Okay. But when it's cooked food, it's like, um, or not necessarily just cooked food, but let's say unhealthy food, um, like French fries or ice cream and things like that, you just, you can't, you don't know when to stop. Your your body, your natural sensors just shut down uh, because it's so, you just want more and more. Like, let's say, um, so high foods that are rich in, in uh, unhealthy, unnatural sodium, like, like potato chips, let's say, you just want more and more and more and you just can't shut down. So with coconut oil and any other healthy food, really, you you don't want that much because it's so rich and 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 you can... You, you taste it and you get what you need from it within those first couple of bites. I, I made a really nice, uh, raw, a really nice chocolate, uh, with a matcha, with green matcha filling. It was, it was so good. Even my mother-in-law liked it. So that was a good sign, right? She even was able to say, oh yeah, this is actually really good. And you could have one, maybe two, maximum three. Like, you know, if you're just if you really are in that in the craving zone, but even for someone like me who who unfortunately has a tendency to overeat, hands down, um, I couldn't even have more than one piece because it was so rich and so filling and so like melted in your mouth and the texture and you know it wasn't made like uh, like regular you know store bought chocolates which are designed for a long shelf life that, that that you know it'll stay on the shelf for years and not degrade or melt. It wasn't designed like that. You know we want food to be to to actually uh, degrade because that's a sign that it's a a real you know living food. Um, so so anyway, it, it like the chocolate gets all over your your hands kind of thing because you can't uh, the maybe I didn't use enough ratio of uh, coconut butter, the cacao butter, excuse me, because there's the cacao butter and then the actual cacao. Um, and I used it with a obviously with a natural sweetener. I think I used maple syrup in that case, but coconut sugar is is, is also excellent for certain types of chocolate. And then I, you know, I used 100% cacao, the buttons, so there was no sugar or artificial sweetener in there at all. And then I, I made it like a peanut butter cup kind of, except instead of peanut butter, you put uh, matcha, I made like a matcha cream with almond butter and matcha powder together with an additional, I think I put stevia in there. And then, um, and then it turned into this like chocolate uh, cup which was so good and um and it was just amazing and you didn't need 10 of them because your body instinctively knew well this is good like i would rather have like one really potent strong with a punch you know delicious decadent insanely good dessert 
uh, then have to eat 10 pieces of cake, which are mediocre, but like I'm still eating because it's cake. And, you know, you know, I get that way so much, so often if I have something and then it disappoints me, I'm like, oh, that wasn't even that good. And I'm like, oh, but I'll just have another, oh, why am I even eating this like 10, you know, pieces of cake later? <laughs> um, so it's, that's something that's definitely recommended with any, with any food. And that's really good for you. Naturally, you'll become in tune with that. So back to, to bulletproof, uh, matcha. I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with the concept um, of taking your matcha and adding, um, let's say, a tablespoon or a teaspoon, depending on where your preference and where your tolerance is at, of uh, of coconut oil, unrefined, make sure it's unrefined, and organic and all that good stuff, and putting it in there. Now, when I first heard about this, I thought, that sounds kind of gross. But I heard about it originally with butter or with ghee, grass-fed butter or ghee, which is used a lot in Indian Ayurvedic um, society, which is basically clarified butter. Uh, and to put that in with your matcha or coffee, if you if you aren't caffeine sensitive, um, and mix it all together. And then I think you could even put um, a little bit of, of milk, um, but it really needs to be a non-dairy-based milk, like a nut milk or a rice or a oat milk or something like that. Um, and, and zhuzh it all together and mix it. And then you have this like cup of, of breakfast, really. It's, it's used a, very often in conjunction with intermittent fasting. You just get through that. You just have that one cup in the morning, bulletproof matcha or coffee, and then you don't need to eat again, let's say until like 11 or 12. But even if you're not doing intermittent fasting, you have that. And then you have like so much energy and you feel fulfilled and you feel awake um, and, and, oh, you know what we've been doing with MCT oil, which is, um, the medium chain triglycerides of the coconut oil. So it's like taking just basically the best of the best of the coconut oil in a highly concentrated form. You can do it with regular coconut oil as well, but MCT oil is just like a much more, um, potent, uh, version. It's, it's similar in my mind to like regular green tea, which is filled with benefits and matcha, which is like the best of the green tea, the best benefits of the green tea. So kind of like, let's say the Mercedes Benz, uh, of the green tea. So MCT oil is sort of like the Mercedes Benz of the coconut oil, but only meant to be used in small doses. I mean, same with matcha. Like you don't want to have 10 cups of matcha a day because you get what you need in one cup, which is equivalent to approximately 10 cups of green tea, which you also really shouldn't be having 10 cups of green tea, but that's besides the point. Um, you get what you need in a small dose. So, so that's in a gist what very, very light introduction to what Bulletproof Matcha um, is. And I actually had it a few days ago and I did, I had that um, just before I did TRX, which is a suspension training. I'm on a challenge right now and it'd be awesome if you join me in 10 days straight of TRX, only a 20 to 25 minute uh, training session, but I want to do it every single day. For 10 days so wish me luck and please join me on the journey if you can um because it's just a little overwhelming to be like yeah i'm gonna do it every day for the rest of my life so i'm gonna start with 10 days and see how it goes and i've, I've seen so many benefits already with trx in my life but i want to just upgrade a little and incorporate it even more so that's a super 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 light introduction to what bulletproof matcha is and i had it the other day and i seriously wasn't even hungry until about 12 45 you know quarter to one and then I had a big, huge salad, <laughs> um, and I was fine, and I had energy, and that's, you know, that's what's so hard when you start to wean yourself away from coffee, uh, for people who are caffeine-sensitive, adrenal fatigue, and, and it is a stimulant, and it's it's not something that we want necessarily to be, uh, to be addicted to long-term. I think coffee is okay once in a while, but when you become 
you know, and I hope uh, I'm not going to get uh, crucified for saying this, but when you become, you know, those coffee addicts that like, I need my coffee. I was one of them. I can't uh, function without a, where's my coffee? And I still feel that way some mornings, but then when you have a regular cup of matcha, it may or may not do it for you, but the, the bulletproof matcha is designed in a way um, to just give you that boost so you can get through your day and you feel like you had something, you had your nice warm drink uh, and you have energy and you feel great and you don't have the crash, the, the crash. You know, you don't want to take a nap at two o'clock in the morning because your coffee's just over, you know, you've overdosed on your, on your espressos and, and then it backfires. And another thing just to conclude about the MCT oil combined with the matcha is they've got two components that are not only excellent for general well-being in the sense of calm, um, but can, can be actively used to, to, uh, to treat, um, let's say hyperactivity, ADHD, anxiety, because the L-theanine in matcha, which you already know, is is so potent and effective at giving you that sense of um, of peace, let's say inner peace, yet you're still awake and alert. You're not like sleepy inner peace. You're like, oh, okay, inner peace, but I'm totally functional with it can, and perceptive, highly perceptive at the same time. And MCT oil can do the same thing. Um, it's, it's particularly good in, uh, for brain health, and it's known to improve brain health, and, and you can become more... Um, just more with it, aware, dissolve the brain fog, right? Similar to what um, a coffee will do temporarily, even though it has that backfire. So the combination of the L-theanine much and the MCT oil, uh, the medium chain triglycerides within coconut oil uh, combined, just give you this super duper punch, potent like elixir to help you wake up, feel good, have energy, and... Uh, get on with your day without knowing that you're going to feel sluggish later. So I highly recommend that you all get out your, uh, your mugs and, and try this and see how you like it um, and tweak it and change it. You know, you could put different types of sweeteners in there. So, so don't be so um, intimidated by any, anyone, anyone says, even medical journals or, you know, scientific things, see how it affects your life. Um, keep things in perspective, you know? Yeah, okay, coconut oil is, is so bad for you, but technically, if you have a Coke Zero um, medically, there's nothing wrong with that. So that's, that's like a red flag for me. Keep things in perspective. Um, go, you know, follow your heart, your gut. If you don't like it, uh, at least, you know, give it a few tries, but uh, it's kind of like that first date, right? They say you should at least go on a date a few times, maybe twice, because some things can be awkward the first date. Um, I know I was very confused after the first day with my husband. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he liked me, if I liked him, but by the third date, I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. And so, um, so give it a try a few times because even my kids, like with matcha shakes, two of, one of my kids really liked it, um, immediately. And the other two were kind of like weary. I don't know if I like this green swamp water, but then when, now they're like hooked and they're like, oh, oh yeah, where's the matcha shake, mom? Like I want the banana, creamy, delicious matcha shake. Um, so give it, you know, give it a try more than once and tweak it and make sure you have a good whisk, an electric whisk or something to, to make it dissolve, uh, nicely and consistently and cheers. See you next time.